Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. Hey, Mr. Deadly. <laughs> hey, Steve Stein. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? I'm great, man. Good. I'm glad to be here with you. Yes. It's always fun to hang out. The end. <laughs> See you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Just kidding. Dude, it's been yeah. a while since we've done one of these live lives. Yeah. This is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I, I do them quite frequently, but I don't get to do them with you all the time, unfortunately. Okay. Oh, this is fun. So, guys, as you uh, are, are coming online with us here, we're actually live. And uh, we're doing an awesome workshop for you today on essential techniques. I'm Dan Denley, founder of Guitar Zoom. This is my good friend, Steve Stein guitarist extraordinaire and instructor Instru extraordinaire both thank you um i was gonna say too uh for everybody that's chatting um it, it again for whatever reason is just showing facebook user so when you type something if you can just type your first name then we can go by that so if you type steve and then type whatever you want to type then we'll know hey savannah hey from savannah hi from oz montreal so we see your messages, but they just all say Facebook users, so we, we don't know who's who. So <laughs> crap, it's live, bite nails. <laughs> yeah, we'll do this too, yeah. We'll go like that. Yes. Wake <laughs> Forest. Okay, yeah, cool. How about this, guys? Um, Steve and I love to know where you guys are from. So please just type in where you guys are joining us. Uh, Youngstown, Ohio. Yep. Anaheim. Sweden. Sean is here. Martin LaBelle. Deb Jones from Oz. Where's Oz? Kevin from Illinois is here. Nice. Annie from London. Tom from the Catskills. Manchester, UK. Chatterick. No, Catterick, UK. Sorry. Loretta. Nova Scotia. Southern Illinois. Mexico City, holy moly! James is all over the planet. Awesome, Largo, so cool. John in Denver, Colorado, he used to live there. Minnesota, Oklahoma, Connecticut. This is so cool. I mean, Steve, you and I are old dudes. We grew up without the internet, and so just the fact that there are human beings around the planet <laughs> that are like—I know it's amazing. Do you remember that ride at? Uh, did you ever go to Epcot? Have I ever been to Epcot? Yeah, no. Uh, anyway, okay, never mind. <laughs> There's a ride there, and it was like, basically, it was this thing of like being able to talk to each other. And I remember seeing it as a little kid, and thinking, "Wow, that will never happen." Oh, yeah. It's pretty cool, man. <laughs> so, guys, awesome. thank you for being here. We really appreciate your time to uh, to take out and be with with Steve and I today. Again, if if you don't know who I am, I'm kind of the guy in the, in the background over here. I'm going to turn it over to Steve, and I'm just here to facilitate the discussion and help. Uh, you guys get the most out of this live class. Today we're talking about essential techniques. And um, 
this course that Steve is, uh, everything that we're going to do in the workshop is related to Steve's new course. It's called Essential Techniques by Steve Stein. It is the first brand new like course I think we've had in a, in a while in terms of it's, it's something you've never taught before, in, at least at this magnitude. Is that correct, Steve? Yeah, I mean, I, I always talk about different techniques, but this is the first time they've all been in one one guitar course, just focusing on solely on techniques, yeah. Right. So there's, as you guys know, as you probably know, Steve has lots of different guitar courses. Um, hi from Florida. Guys, thanks so much for being here. I'm just freaking out. I'm seeing 4 all the for Deb Jones. So shout out to Deb Jones at 4 a.m. Harold is from Norway. So cool. Yeah. So anyway, guys, uh, the Steve's uh, the workshop series that we're doing for you, or Steve's doing for you, is the Essential Techniques, and it is a multi-day workshop series, and uh, it's going to going to go live uh, here every other day. If you prefer to watch things on YouTube, um, it'll also be on the YouTube channel. You can check that out. It just won't be live on YouTube. We're going correct. live with you guys here, and then it will be a replay on on YouTube. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So it'd be an encore uh, broadcast. What do they call that thing over there? A, a premiere broadcast or something that that'll be tomorrow on YouTube. So we're recording this now, and then it'll be put on YouTube tomorrow, uh, and that'll happen each day. So right now, uh, today we're doing the essential techniques. We will see you here tomorrow, or sorry, we'll see you here live on Wednesday, and then uh, or did we mash up the schedule a little bit, or is it still Monday? Oh, it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then next week Monday, Wednesday again. Got it, got it. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday this week, and then Monday, Wednesday of next week. All of these, if you if you're joining us late or you or you happen to miss one because you're you're working or you're doing something besides hanging out with us, uh, they'll be on YouTube for you. You can go there and watch them. If you enjoyed this series, I think you're going to really like Steve's course. It's called Essential Techniques. It's available right now at GuitarZoom.com. You can just go there and click on the banner that says Essential Techniques, and you get all the information about Steve's new course. So let's jump into it, my friend. Today, let's see what the topic is for today. We were talking about rhythm, correct? Yep. What All we're right. going to do, let me let me just start off by saying a couple things here. So yeah, sure. Matt wanted me to mention uh, that every new live session is going to be pinned to the top of the private group until the next one goes live, and then we'll pin that one. Okay. Uh, let's see here. That one. Okay. That's fine too. And then what I was going to say, the the other thing is, is I know everybody has a lot of questions as we get into these sorts of things, but let's try and keep the questions relative to the topic at hand um, because it just makes things so much easier. If we all of a sudden start talking about modes, but we're, you know, talking about rhythm, we're just all over the place. So today everything is based off rhythm. And what I want you to really think about is that when we talk about, you know, I think I think of this sort of category, like we have guitar courses on fretboard visualization. Fretboard vis visualization is huge. Theory is huge. But playing is huge, right? What you can see and the ability to motive, uh, to maneuver around what you can see and understand what you're doing when you're moving are kind of the three primary categories that I always think about when it comes to playing guitar. And so today what we want to do is we want to... Steve, you guys are out of focus? I don't think so. Somebody else can... I don't know why it, it would be fuzzy, but I'm not sure. Um, anyway, 
um, what we're going to do here is we're going to start off by just talking about rhythm in terms of strumming, and then we're going to talk about rhythm in terms of picking, okay? Cool. So to understand rhythm all the way around, the first thing I always try and uh, explain to people is you're always going to be playing either in a straight groove or a swing groove, okay? It doesn't matter the time signature. It doesn't matter if you're in 3-4 or 4-4 or 5-8. You can be in anything, but the groove itself is either going to be an even groove or an odd groove, okay? Let me shut off my delay here. So whatever I'm doing might be straight or it might be odd or swing. So let's talk about that first. And, and Dan, anytime you want to inter interject, you certainly can. Cool. Um, so when we talk about a straight groove, what we're doing is if we think about a beat, what we're going to do is we're going to subdivide in between this beat with even numbers. So for instance, if we're doing this, we can call each one of these one. One, 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 one. If I wanted to subdivide or add more things in between here, I would go to two. One, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. If I wanted to go again, I could double that and move to four. One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four. You see? So I can go from one to two to four to eight to 16 to 32. And this is where the names of the notes, that's where they get their, their names, like a quarter note and an eighth note and a 16th note and a 32nd note, that sort of thing. And I don't want to focus on the names of those right now, but just understand that that's what you're doing. So when you hear a rhythm, the first thing you have to do is you have to figure out what you want and what you're capable of playing when it comes to uh, choosing a beat, whether you're going to do eighth notes or 16th. So let me show you something quick here. I'm going to play uh, a metronome on Google. You literally just type in metronome and it pops up. Can you hear that okay? Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is, this is going 100 beats per minute. So when I decide I'm going to play something, I have to decide either I'm going to play those beats right there. Or I'm going to play twice that fast. Or I'm going to play twice that fast. Or I could play twice that fast, but again, then we're going to start getting, getting a bit out of hand at that point. So when I'm presented with a song to play, the first thing I have to do is decide how fast am I going to be strumming. And the second thing I have to decide is how am I going to be picking? And this was kind of my point earlier is that all of these things are interconnected. So when you're talking about learning how to alternate pick, it's still going to affect your groove, right? If you're learning about visualizing the fretboard, it's still going to affect the availability of what it is you do on the fretboard. So all of these things are directly connected to each other, and that's why they're all so important. Mm -hmm. so if I start listening to something, let's just say I go to a G chord, okay, and I'm going to start playing to this beat. So my choice is or I might go twice that fast.
Now I've heard if you're getting subtitles, I've heard on mobile devices you you go to the bottom and swipe up or you do something and it gets rid of the the uh, subtitles. So if you don't want those, somebody this morning was mentioning that that there's an easy way of getting rid of them. So just give that a try. So anyway, that's when I start deciding is where I want to be. Now let's say I move to 16th notes. Now watch this because this is kind of kind of crazy. So if I do this. Now, it sounds really busy, but here's the cool thing. If you can play, for instance, in 16th note form, you don't have to play all those. You get your arm moving, and you only hit the ones that you want. Watch this. So what's super cool about going faster is not necessarily that you have all of these strums that you're going to utilize. It's that your brain and your hands are available to fill in whenever you want things. If you were going eighth note speed like this, you don't have those available ones that are on the 16th note side. You see, those don't even exist. So you can't play those. If you start off thinking about the 16th note... then all of a sudden, you've got all of these different things that you can add in. And then your rhythm starts sounding like this. And it begins to sound more authentic, because when you're playing this... To be honest, most songs don't really do that. Now, you could take that eighth note speed and miss things there, too. For instance, if I went... And I see somebody's talking about organic strumming, and that's exactly what we're going to talk about, is organic strumming. Okay? That's nice. Yeah. So before I move on, though, do, do you have any questions, Dan, or anybody about yeah. that? Yeah. Well, I, I just want to interject, guys, real quickly. Um, we have this message chat board thing over here on the side. This is the first time we've used, Steve and I have used this particular software before, so we're still kind of getting used to how it works. Um, if you have questions about Steve's Essential Techniques course or about the, this particular workshop that we're doing today, which is all about rhythm, which obviously is a very essential technique, please post them into the chat box there and we'll see it and we'll try to answer your questions as best we can. These things are disappearing super fast. So uh, you might have to type your question a couple of times, I guess, maybe. Um, but I'll try to keep some notes here as we go along in Steve's teaching as the questions come in. And then I'll try to bounce them off of you, Steve. Will that work? Sure, of course. Okay. So just make sure, guys, um, that you keep the th this particular workshop they're doing today um, everything is essential is around Steve's new course. It's called Essential Techniques. It's actually available today for the first time ever. It's brand new. No one's ever seen this before. And uh, it's available by GuitarZoom. You just go there and click on the big banner that says Essential Techniques and get all the information about the course. This workshop we're doing today is all about rhythm. So if you have a question about anything to do with rhythm, please, we want to know that and we want to help you as best we can. So that will be awesome. Um, but please try to keep the, the 
conversation to with him today. That would help us out a lot. So uh, here's a Facebook user that says, by the way, I'm saying Facebook user guys because we still don't see your name. So if you want to tag your question with your name down there, then that would sound a little more familiar. If you could do that, it'd be, uh, be cool because we don't actually see your name. Anyway, are you playing from the wrist or elbow? That's an excellent question. Are you yeah, and it, and it depends because, again, if you think about it, you're always either going to be moving from the bicep, right, the elbow. You're going to be moving from the wrist or you're going to be moving from the fingers. And, of course, what's happening is every time you move down, things are getting smaller. So if you want a, a big open strum... They tend to come from the elbow, but you'll always notice that my wrist is always moving. There's always a motion with all of my arm as I play. And that way, you can notice, too, that I can add dynamics in when I play by striking it harder and softer in different places. But the most important thing is when I, when I first started learning how to play and when I first started teaching how to play, I started teaching everybody patterns like down, 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 up, down, and that sort of thing. And I wound up realizing very quickly that there's a big trap in teaching that kind of playing. I'm not saying that it, it's not good for some people. But the problem is, is when you teach somebody something like, if I only teach you one sentence in Spanish, like, donde esta la casa de Pepe, then the only <laughs> thing you ever say is donde esta la casa de Pepe, because it's all you know. So the problem with strumming patterns is when we get into strumming patterns, if all we do is think about those, you know, when you're trying to play with other people and things like that, you're not thinking like pattern 17 or pattern 32 or pattern 14A. You don't think that way. When the music starts, you start feeling the rhythm, you start feeling the groove, and then you decide, what am I able to add in over the top of this, right? And what, what was surprising to me was oftentimes the slower songs are, the faster you're actually playing. Because you're doing like 16th notes instead of 8th notes, you see? So, and again, don't get caught up in 8th, 16, all that. Just understand that you're just taking a, a beat, a time, and you're either playing 1 or 2 or 4 or 8 or 16. And let's be honest, you're doing 1, 2, or 4 90% of the time, unless you're playing Slayer or something like that, right? Otherwise, you're doing 1, 2, or 4 all the time. Well, the faster the tempo gets, let's say I take my tempo and I move it up to 140. Well, your, your singles are already this fast. Now your eighths are here, which means your 16th notes. You see, so the song gets faster, but that doesn't mean that we're going to strum all that, you know, you're not... You're not necessarily going to do that in your song, right? <laughs> so if the song is 140, the first thing I think is, well, what's going to be most comfortable here? So that's the thing to understand about 
rhythm itself, the core element of rhythm is you've got to listen to something and decide how you're going to react, whether you're going to play. We're talking about a straight beat now, even. One, two, four, eight, 16, and so on. And again, in the real world, you're dealing with one, two, and four most of the time, okay? If you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, go to guitarzoom.com and consider becoming a premium member. There are three memberships to choose from. VIP, which gives you instant access to a library of short but powerful courses as well as new bite-sized lessons each month. There's also Play Songs that gives you step-by-step lessons so you can learn to play your favorite songs fast. And finally, there's Masterclass, university-level training on everything from soloing to music theory, from blues to home recording. For more info about these memberships and all the premium courses available to you, go to guitarzoom.com. Now back to the podcast. I see we've got some awesome questions here, buddy. I want to, um, again, this first we use the software. So what I'm seeing is not what you're seeing, Steve. So the, what I'm seeing is just coming and it's going, and I'm trying to write them well, down. Well, mine does the same thing. Oh, it does? Okay. Well, you only, you could, yeah, the screen only holds like five or six of them at a time. Mine holds two oh. on my end. <laughs> so I'm like, this is writing stuff down. Yeah. So if I'm seeing them a little distracted, I'm trying to write down people's questions so we can get to them. Um, and I just pinged one of our, our guys, Matt, to see if there's a better way to do this, guys. Again, I appreciate you guys being um, awesome and hanging with Steve and I as we learn this new platform here. Uh, but one of the great questions um, that that I did read is, do you have to strum all strings on each stroke? Do you have to strum all strings on each stroke? Well, again, this is this is a speaking completely realistic, right? I always think of the guitar as being in sections, like you have a top and a middle and a bottom. The top section is up here, the middle section's in the center, and the bottom is going to be the bottom two or three strings. And when you strum, the most important thing is when you strum, you don't hit more strings than you need. So if you're strumming a D chord, for instance, and you do this, it's going to sound like D. If you do this, it's going to sound like a five-year-old hitting the strings of the guitar, right? (laughs) So the most important thing to understand is in the real world, nobody hits the right strings all the time. It's impossible, okay? Because you're moving right? It's like, it's like trying to run and hit an X on the ground every time, but you're not just running like you're, you're running as fast as you can. You're going to get close depending on how accurate you are, but it's impossible to do perfectly. So what you think about like with a D chord, for instance, is that you might need to choke up on your motion a little bit. Like we were just talking about your elbow and stuff. When you move to a D, you might not be strumming like this because you might uh, accidentally hit these top strings. So you wind up kind of choking in but when I strum, I'm not really paying attention to whether I'm hitting four strings every single time. It has more to do with the natural sound and the groove that I'm trying to create that fills in that space, if that makes sense. So if I play G chord, for instance, there are times that maybe I don't even want to hit all six strings even though they're here. Right? So I might want to go. See, I'm separating the top from the bottom and I'm getting kind of this kick drum, snare drum thing happening. 
So what you need to do is understand that when you first start learning all of this sort of thing, you know, we have chords and all kinds of different tactics that you can use, which are in the essential techniques course too, but of trying to develop your chord motions, right? Because here's the, here's the reality of all of this, and hopefully this will kind of help many of you out there, but your left half of your brain and your right half of your brain don't really work together, okay? One side is very analytical and the other side is, is the creative side. So when you're doing stuff on the guitar, if you think about your hands, they're not really friends. They don't really work together in a friendly manner. They have to both be nurtured and developed independently of each other before they can actually become friends and work together. So when you think about strumming at all, now again, we'll get to single note stuff in a little bit here too, but when you think about strumming at all, okay, strumming is a development of understanding the, the functionality of moving the, the pick back and forth. And then it's adding human element like dynamics to give it some sort of musical feel. Then what we do is we start taking that, if you think about my strumming right here, and I'm strumming down up the entire time. And what I do is I start moving away and actually skipping some of those strums And it starts sounding like a real bonafide rhythm. So what I did was I started off with all of them. And then I start adding some dynamics. And even just that can take a while to get used to, right? And then I start missing some of the strings. Now, if you notice when I'm doing this, I'm not hitting all six strings all the time. Mm -hmm. I'm moving between those three sections of the top, the middle, and the bottom. It just kind of happens. I'm not trying to, to overload my brain by going, go to the middle, go to the bottom, go to the top. I'm just trying to think about how it should sound and how it should feel. And again, this is what practice and, and time spent playing is all about. So as I start developing that... Now I start feeling this rhythm, which is the whole thing. Is Rhythm is, is an actual mathematical thing that we can look at. But at some point, it needs to become something that our body, and you'll notice when I play, you know, I might move my head or something like that. My body might start moving, my, my, my leg might start moving, right? So I'm feeling this thing. So as I develop that rhythm, and I always tell my students when, when I would teach them things like this, that chords and strumming should really not be practiced at the same time. You can, but there really isn't a large benefit. The benefit is, is learn to develop and feel the strumming that you're doing. And then when you want a chord, you can add that chord in. And you can practice those sorts of things. But, and I don't want to go off on, on the wrong tangent, but understand over here, I've got to train this hand to move from G to D or D to C or C to A minor, A minor to E minor. That has nothing to do with strumming. Mm. If I'm trying to learn how to do that, I have to focus on just doing that, which is a technique I call bouncing. You've probably seen me do that before. But that's, that's the whole thing is, is these two things really, they're not connected to each other. This bouncing is not a creative element. It's a yes or no answer. When I move from G to D, I'm either doing it right or I'm not. 
because I focused and I practiced and all these sorts of things. I've spent enough time doing that. It's not a creative thing. D isn't creative. D is D. Now, I can get creative on top of that, but we're not there yet. Just making the D is putting my fingers in the right places on the right strings and in the right frets. Mm -hmm. It's a a yes or no, black or white answer, right? That's what Mm -hmm. it is. Strumming can be that if you wind up making it a down, 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 up, down kind of thing. What I'm saying is what you want to be careful of is making everything into a down, 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 up, down kind of pattern. Mm. That's why what you do, and again, I want to get off this in a little bit because there's other things we need to talk about, but if I think about my strumming, down, up, I'm not thinking quarter, eighth, sixteenth. I'm just thinking I hear a beat and this is what I start, my hand starts moving like this. So once I've developed that, I think about those down and ups and that they always exist. The down and the up are always brothers. They always exist. But what organic strumming says is, okay, so let's do that. Let's start strumming everybody. And then continue strumming, but don't hit the strings. And still keep the beat going. And I would do this like with a class of students. Then I would say, come back. And we should all be back on again. And mm. I say, move away. Come back. Move away. Come back. And after a while, you get used to shutting down that part of your brain that's telling you down, 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 up, down. And you just start hearing dun, 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 da, 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 da. And you start playing what you want. But because this keeps moving, I'm keeping time with the music, you see? Super cool, dude. Yeah. I love the in and out thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the yeah. whole thing, is, is if you can learn to think about, you hear the music, you decide how you're going to move your arm, and then you start moving and missing things and hitting things. And then you, if, you, if you can, at the end, you start adding dynamics where you maybe hit this one a little harder or this one a little softer. And again, it doesn't have to be like every third one. You don't have to pack everything in at once. It's just learning this process... See, when I add more strumming, it's going to add more energy. When I strum less, it's going to leave more space for the other musicians that I'm playing with, the singer or whoever it might be. Now, notice that versus this. See how different they are? Now, I'm not saying that a strumming pattern is bad. There are songs that have strumming patterns. There are songs that need strumming patterns. What I'm saying is if you learn how to play and all you do is play by strumming patterns, you're missing the creative outlet that is strumming, that is rhythm. Because you just built a 2 plus 2 equals 4 concept. Right. So it's really important to do that. Now, I see a lot of people asking about this too. Hey, can I push pause just for a second, Steve? Yeah, yeah. We've got a backlog of questions. There's like, um, I'm actually having Matt post them all into this one big sheet so I can see them all. And I'm just glancing over right now. And it's like. <laughs> and, yeah, and with these live things, you can't get to, to every question. That's like, sure, sure. You know, the, the forefront is you've got a topic to discuss and then you do your best to answer as many exactly. questions. Exactly. And what we're, what we're talking about, I mean, if you guys are just joining us now, there's this, um, the, the entire workshop series that we're doing here for you over the next few days is essential techniques. 
and Steve has a new course. It's cleverly entitled Essential Techniques by Steve Stein. And guys, this thing is an unbelievable course. It's like six hours long, I think. And I just want you to understand that we are talking about one aspect of one technique, which is strumming, rhythm, essentially, in, in this part of this entire course. And if we can, uh, I definitely want to get to some questions, but I, I was just looking at this thing that you sent over, Steve. I want people, I'm, this is kind of, I've never done this before, by the way. I, can I share my screen and can you make me big? I see I have a share screen thing down here, but I want to show people something. This is really interesting. You guys are going to get to see something I don't think we've ever publicly shown before. Uh, share screen. And I want to show you this. Now, I don't know if you can see my screen or not. Can someone please... I, I got control of it, yeah, so they can see it now. They can see it now. Okay. Guys, what you're looking at is the mind of Steve Stein put into a mind map. And the reason I want to show you this is because this is the way, as you were talking, Stephen, you're breaking things down step by step. I just want to, I want people to understand the degree to which you go to make sure you explain things in a step by step manner and, and where what we're currently talking about fits. This new, this, in, this is Steve's mind map that he created for this new course. It's called Technique 2020. We didn't really know exactly what it's going to be called. It's called Essential Techniques. That's the name of the course. Um, and it's available at Guitar Zoom, of course. And But this thing is a mind map of everything that Steve's teaching in this course. And this is him just sitting down and saying, here's what I want to teach in this new course. He's got guitar set up. He's got chords, open chords, power chords, bar chords. If you look at over here, there's lots of detail about that. Here's the bouncing thing that Steve talked about earlier. Bouncing, the lift and shift technique, sliding to the power chord, two versus three fingers, small controlled strumming, uh, strumming, controlling the strings that you're not playing, which actually is always um, a challenge, especially for young player or new players. And then just take a look. We're just talking about one thing right now, which is strumming and rhythm, but inside this course, look at all these different, we talked about scratching a little bit today, uh, motion of movement, down versus up strumming, patterns, kicks and snare strumming. Look at all of this. All of this is available for you in the new course uh, called Essential Techniques. And this is just scratching the surface of it. This is the, the rhythm part. He's also going to talk about picking and uh, picking hand development. And then there's more soloing things like harmonics, dynamic tools, uh, guitar tones, sound effects, finger picking, hybrid pick, picking, using a capo, two-hand tapping, playing octaves, string skipping, arpeggios. And each one of these has a branch of like more things to learn. Like just look at the arpeggio ones, major, minor, sevenths, major sevenths, minor sevenths, Randy Rhodes concepts. This thing is huge. And uh, everything that we're doing right now is related to Steve's new course, Essential Techniques. So, uh-oh, Steve, are you with me? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, <laughs> I left. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Well, that's okay. I, I, I didn't see you, and I was like, oh, where's Steve? <laughs> yeah. uh, so everything we're talking about today, guys, is just one little section of this big course, Essential Techniques. And uh, the entire workshop series is going to be on various topics. Today, we're just talking about rhythm. And so why don't we jump over and do a few questions, or I'll, I'll, I'll pick one that I think may be relevant for you. How about that, Steve? Yeah, go ahead. All right, guys. Thank you so much for bearing with us, by the way. We're still kind of learning this technology. If you have questions, please post them. Um, 
yeah, this person says it's a no-brainer. This course is essential in order to become a more aware and nuanced player. Oh, yeah. One of the things I did want to mention, uh, techniques is sometimes a little hard to understand uh, in terms of, like, what is technique? It's easy to understand. Uh, Steve's course was released a few months ago called Blues Licks. Huge hit. Huge hit. Everybody loved it. It's really easy to understand Blues Licks. You know what you get in that course? You learn how to play Blues Licks. <laughs> essential techniques is like, dude, that's a lot of stuff. Uh, so I wanted to show you that so you have a clue about what it all is. But it can be applied to any level. So, well, I would say, correct me if I'm wrong, Steve. Unless you're a true, absolute beginner guitarist, this is for you. Unless you're just starting out, you're probably well, not, for, not for the absolute beginner, right? Well, it, I mean, it even could be for the absolute beginner, but there are better things for an absolute beginner. Okay. Um, but I mean, like, if you were an absolute beginner, just learning how to do, I mean, because everything, everything in this course is built on its complexity, too. So it starts off with the most simple elements and moves into the most fun, fundamental elements and then moves into the, the more elevated elements, you could call them. Right. So any level, guys, that you're, that you're currently playing at, I guarantee you there's something in this course that's going to help you level up. And um, right now it's on sale. And it's going to be it, the price is going to go up, and what whenever the deadline is, I don't even know. Uh, but it's on sale right now, and it's available for the first time today, actually, at Guitar Zoom. So you might want to check that out if you think that this is for you. So let's go over to the questions, Steve. And uh, my goodness, there's a lot of them. Let's see here. Let me just pick one here. Hang on. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, cool! And I have the names in here too. Thank you to everybody that, that asked the question. Angie, Frank, Bill, Ignacio, Doug, Bill, Verdon, Todd, uh, Samuel, Francis, Richard. Guys, thank you so much. We're not going to be able to get to all these, but I do want to get just – let's just jump in uh, to one of them here. Um, and this person says, are there – and I think you kind of touched on this. Angie actually says, are there common strumming patterns that can be used for most songs? Well – Yes. I'm, you know, if you do something straightforward, like um, if you were to do like a down, 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 up, down would be the most basic one that you could do. Um, and it fits with anything that would be straight, right? Where you can also do, so think about that. I'm going down, 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 up, down. And I could keep repeating that over and over. Okay. And then the next thing you could do would, would be to funk it up a bit by doing what's called an eagle strum, which is going down, down, up, up, down, up, down, down, up, up, down, up, down, down, up. And if, like just different patterns like that. There's a couple of those that work really nice in general situations that you find yourself in. Um, and like I said, it's not that strumming patterns are bad. Strumming patterns can be very beneficial. What I learned early on in teaching strumming patterns is that when I taught strumming patterns to students, whenever they'd play, guess what they would play? The strumming pattern, right? So even though the song may be giving them a bit different groove or something like that, they, they never really practice the availability of being able to listen and respond to the music as you're, as you're hearing it. So again, it's always figuring out where the downs and the ups should be relative to the tempo of the song. And then it's learning how to hit and miss in different places. Now, needless to say, no matter what you do when you strum, you're hitting a down or an up in 
and at some point it's all mathematical, right? I mean, at, at some point everything gets repeated, but it's it's in your playing. If you were to play for three minutes and do the exact same strumming pattern, after a while it gets a little old to the listener. Where if you could add dynamics and add some variety in there, it winds up sounding a little bit more interesting. So nice. Another one we have is um, this is Steve. I was wondering maybe some of these we could give like a quick. Like yes or no, I think that would be maybe be helpful to people, and then you can deep dive on whatever you want uh, that that might resonate with you. Um, the, Doug Smith says, "Steve, why is this is a good question? I think why is the utmost importance of strumming and timing often overlooked?" Well, because everybody's trying to get to scales and speed and flash and solos, and <laughs> and that's why. Uh, Bill Verdon says. How does adding distortion change how you strum? I don't know that it really changes how I strum, to be honest with you. It depends on the level of, of distortion. You know, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm going to be playing power chords and I'm going to be doing something heavier, now my strumming is going to change because I'm playing power chords versus strumming openly. You know, if I was strumming, if I was doing something clean... It doesn't. It doesn't really change what I'm going to do, um, except that a lot of times as we get more distortion in there, it's nice to have those breaks. You hear those punches, and it sounds really cool. Nice. Um, Francis asks, any suggestions on how to get back on beat when you get off? Well, stop. I mean, honestly, the, the most important thing is, is that, and I talked about this a little while ago in one of those Monday motivation things, but um, the most important thing when you're playing is that you never lose your surroundings, the, the music that's happening around you, whether it's a backing track or a metronome or a band or something like that. You never want to get so deep in yourself that all you're doing is concentrating on you. You have got to learn how to share your brain space with the sounds that are happening around you because that's, that's what music really is. And what happens is sometimes when we're doing something, you know, we're, we're practicing, right? And we're so intense on what it is that we're doing that we're not listening around us. That listening element that I keep thinking the back of my head, but that listening element has to, it has to exist all the time when you play. Next time on the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast. Um, Francis asks, any suggestions on how to get back on beat when you get off? Well, stop. I mean, honestly, the, the most important thing is, is that, and I talked about this a little while ago in one of those Monday motivation things, but um, the most important thing when you're playing is that you never lose your surroundings, the, the music that's happening around you, whether it's a backing track or a metronome or a band or something like that. You never want to get so deep in yourself that all you're doing is concentrating on you. You have got to learn how to share your brain space with the sounds that are happening around you because that's, that's what music really is. And what happens is sometimes when we're doing something, you know, we're, we're practicing, right? And we're so intense on what it is that we're doing that we're not listening around us. That listening element that 
I keep thinking the back of my head. But that listening element has to, it has to exist all the time when you play. If you're going to play with somebody or something. Nice. This is a, um, a very honest assessment. Richard uh, from London says, I have no natural rhythm. Is this something you can learn and develop? If so, how would I train for this? Well, the, the best way, to be honest with you, when it comes to not having a sense of rhythm, it has to start with listening. It's not an instrument thing. It's not a guitar thing or a piano thing. You've got to learn how to listen. You've got to retrain yourself to think about how to listen. Like, like what I do with students a lot of times, or what I used to do with students a lot of times, is I would take a song, and instead of starting the song at the beginning of the song and then counting, which we would do over and over and over, like I would take a, a student, and I'd start the song, and we'd count together, one, two, three, four, one, two. So they know it's four, right? So they know they're counting to four. Then what I start doing is I take the song, and I just move the needle to somewhere in the middle of the song, and I just start playing the song. Mm. They have to listen and try and figure out where the one is to start counting again. Hey, Steve Stein here from GuitarZoom.com, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can I ask you a favor? Please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Your feedback means more to me than you'll ever know. And be sure to check out my YouTube channels where you'll find over 1,000 videos to help you with your guitar playing. Thanks again for listening. Stay positive, keep playing, and keep having fun. If you'd like some help with your guitar playing but you're not sure how to get started, go to guitarzoom.com and look for the Help Me Choose survey. By answering a few simple questions, you'll get Steve's personal recommendation of the perfect course for you. All this and more is available for you at guitarzoom.com.